Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Sunranto Show is brought to you by all of our Patreon supporters. Find out more about how you can listen to this show early and also ad-free for as little as a dollar a month at Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Uh, this version of the show is brought to you by MyBookie. And uh, now I know there's a lot of football fans out there in uh, Sun Ranto Landia. And um, I don't know, some of you guys like to bet. So why not bet with MyBookie? MyBookie.ag, it's the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every single weekend. They have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet, do the smart thing. Bet with the best at MyBookie. Now, if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, they've got parlays. You can pick your locks for the week, put them together in one magical parlay bet. When they all come through, the rewards will be gigantic. Um, so if you're just tired of sitting there on your couch and just watching the game with nothing to gain, um, well, my bookie wants to get, well, your mind off everything and you back into the game. Well, the best part is if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. If you put in $1,000, they will give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit, so you can use it all on your favorite picks. Don't pick the bears. They stink. Uh, use promo code CHAIR. That activates the offer. Promo code CHAIR. I hope you know how to spell CHAIR. <laughs> Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game Let's go Cubby Sunrento Michael Cotton Sunrento Michael Cotton Sunrento and the lovable Lucy Mucho Scali Sunrento Michael Sunrento Cotton Sunrento and the lovable Lucy Michael Cotton a show for you today lots of cubs news exciting exciting stuff the show is going to be jam-packed i'm i don't even know if we could get it in in two hours boys um wow i'm so excited uh november 11th the show that will go down in history as possibly the most groundbreaking cubs podcast in all of history uh no i'm just kidding uh, there's <laughs> there's lots of news, but uh, right before we went live, uh, our old friend he uh, he said to me, um, "Yeah, all this information looks boring. <laughs> it, it really does. <laughs> it really, I, wrote, I mean, I have got two pages chock full of information, and it's it's all just kind of dull. <laughs> yeah, it's all like." 
oh, well, we got this coach that, <laughs> and we got rid of this coach, and uh, and uh, like, well, yeah, well, we yeah. still need some coaches. Nobody's doing shit. And it sucks because I'm stuck inside. I mean, there's snow all over the ground. Uh, Crawley's here, by the way. Welcome to... I, I got to play this, too. Oh, creepy Crawley. I think it rocks. Creepy Crawley. Living in the tree. tree. Crawley and the sun. Wait for show. it. Wait for it, Michael. Wait for it. Michael Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, it's so good. Thank you, Dan Nielsen. Um, hey, Crawley, so uh, you get uh, snowed in to uh, Chicago, to your yep, suburban yep. home today, or do you have to go to work? Uh, I had to go to work. Uh, you know, it was uh, snowing and miserable, but we got through it. Yeah. yeah no, I, I shoveled my car out, um, and then I went and got um, cheap chicken Monday chicken at the Jewels. So, Out of curiosity, uh, were there dibs already out? Uh, parking no, spots? no, they don't really do that in my neighborhood only because it's really not that difficult to find parking. And there's a lot of alley parking and little lot parking or people just don't have cars where I live. You know, it, yeah, it doesn't really happen by me, but it is in certain neighborhoods. You know, I know I, I think it's more of like a I don't know, it might be a south side, west side thing. But up north, we just we're just we're just like, yeah, sure, I'll shovel out my fellow neighbor. I'll give you a nice big fat parking spot when you get home, even though I'm just going out for a 45 minute jaunt. Something I got to do. Um, you know, you run into jewel to get your chicken, cheap chicken Monday. And they call it cheap chicken Monday, but it's really only a dollar off. But it's delicious. Man, yeah, it's- but the but the chicken itself is cheap. It's, it's very cheaply done. It's not the good parts of the chicken. It's like necks and feet. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Chicken feet are awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, Cubs news. There really isn't much, uh, except for uh, there's a lot of little things that are going on right now. We figured we'd come on and talk about it, but why don't we start with something fun? Because Bill Sugis, our fa- really uh, one of our best um, listeners that we have, is on fire. Now I know Michael, you're you've kind of quit Facebook completely. Crawley, you're still on there. Have you yeah, seen? I actually have no Facebook account. Ooh. Gone. Yeah. It takes a while, then yeah, you get to it and you. The only reason to have good. The only reason to have Facebook right now is to invite people to events and get in touch that way, and to watch Bill Sugars's Christmas videos. Have you seen any of these? You you know what I? No, I forced my wife though to uh, ask to be a part of the ranters just in case something came up that I wanted to, you know, that I should know about. You know, somebody's. You know, parents dead. We're getting them a, a jersey, or we're doing something. You know, like sometimes there are good things on the ranchers page, and I was like, well, if you're not getting rid of your account, at least be in that group. And my my wife is completely well, shocked. You got to go on there about and... how often the number sixty nine <laughs> and nice, nice comes up. Like she's like, that's the only thing they do it's like baseball's over so every post is something about 69 well you're she's right that that is true that is what happens there but also bill sugas is posting christmas carol parody after christmas carol parody and i just gonna do 69 of them uh it's he's on pace (laughs) that is a for sure he's posting like two a day (laughs) it's like we've got 30 days till christmas or something you know so or more well we got four man he's he's easily gonna get to 69 all right, now check this out. Check this. I'm not going to play the whole thing, TVMA, but TVMA, my friends. So if you're a little wimp, 
You should turn it off now. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? What the fuck? John <laughs> Smoltz and Joe Buck, the broadcast <laughs> team for this playoff game. Insipid banter will drive you insane. Boner <laughs> pills from Get Roman. Boner, Boner pills, pills from, from Get Roman. Get Roman. <laughs> Dude, I mean, he's just like, he was wondering if he wanted to do that one because it's it's a religious parody. You know, Silent Night, the birth oh. of Jesus. And he's like, do I want to change this into what the fuck? And he did. And then I he inspired me. So I went on and I wrote like three the other night because I'm getting ready for the Club 400 uh, Christmas party on November 18th, Woo-hoo! I believe. It's uh, two weeks from, well, Saturday. So it's like 12 days away. Crawley, you're going, right? I already asked you this. Absolutely. You, you know, I'm not going to miss it. I, I love I love Christmas parties and I love Club 400. So do you have an I ugly mean, Christmas? I wish sweater? I could go. Yeah, well, you can, <laughs> except you uh, live far away. Uh, no, it's, I live a long fucking way away. Yeah, you'll be fine. You just put, leave now and I'm sure you'll get there on time. Uh, but no, we're going to do <laughs> Cubs Christmas parodies. And uh, I did uh, Silent Night as my tie guy and it came out really well. My tie guy. It works pretty well. Anyway, I'm doing. <laughs> hey, cheers! Cheers to my tie guy for having a name that rhymes so well with everything. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I might do an entire Christmas album of just my tie guy songs. <laughs> like, I'm trying to look for really my tie guy Christmas album. Amazing. Yeah, I mean it's gonna fly off the shelves, just like my uh, "Don't Let the Accountability Exceed the <laughs> Pressure" shirts that are on, or whatever I wrote. How many? How many of the complicated shirts have you sold? I have no idea. I just put it up there as a joke, and I'm like, well, if somebody buys this, <laughs> I guess I'll get $5, because that's what I get. Um, nice. So, uh, anyway, Cubs Christmas carols, we're going to sing them. Uh, and also, everybody should be writing them and just putting them up on the ranchers page like Bill, because uh, there's another one from uh, John Vasquez. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but I, I will shout out to him, and now I can't find it. Oh, wait, wait. Here it is. John Vasky? Vasky? You know what I'm talking about? Well, no. I'm looking at your what you wrote on the script. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it Grab looks the like balls, ranchers, take a shot with me. Forget about the last season. This is him. We blame it on the rickets in the front office. Has committed some kind of treason. Got a nice voice. We know they've been spending and it hasn't been nice. That's only Theo's business. We're making our lists and we're checking it twice. Holy shit, it's Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I, I just love that makes me so happy. Everybody just singing. I mean, and so we're going to do it again. I, I got the Cubs Christmas carols going for Club 400. That's on the 18th. And everybody should go. It's 75 bucks. Mesmer is going to be there. I don't know what they're raising money for. Do you, Crawley? No, not off the top of my head, but uh, Wayne's got a book he's in, so you get a copy of his new book and all that stuff, and he's got a lot of interesting stories, and, and if you haven't been to CubsCon and, and heard Wayne call bingo or anything like that, he is a really funny, quick-witted guy, good storyteller, too. Yeah, I saw him do the, uh, the when they talked about the lights at Wrigley Field, the uh, no lights at Wrigley, you know, they had, there was a uh, something at Cubby Bear, and he was great. I think he might have... 
emceed it, kind of. I forget. He's great. I mean, he's great as an MC. My my favorite story of last summer is still going to be at, at Club 400 right before he sang the national anthem. Um, he yelled at every... I think I just told the story on the show recently, but he yelled at everybody for... Um, you know, don't kneel during the anthem. He shamed people that would kneel during the anthem. Then he made a that's what she said joke. And then uh, he sang the anthem. And it was like pretty much the greatest thing I ever saw. Um, I really enjoyed that, it's, you know. But yeah, he's a great guy. And we're going to sing those carols there. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then we're going to do it as a big group. We're going Cubs caroling around Wrigleyville. And Michael, this is the thing you should come to on December 20th. Uh, I would love to, but I'm going to be in town December 4th, and it's not the right time for that. Yeah. No, those are two different dates. You're <laughs> those are different right. dates. Yeah. Because somebody, although he knew I was coming to town, scheduled for December 20th. Well, I can't do the 4th because it's tech week for me. Well, you I, I've got a show going up. The 5th or 6th. I don't know. That's my. That's when the show opens. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we're the, we're planning on going yeah, to you're Friday going, night, or yeah, we want to go Friday night. We're not a hundred percent sure on it though. Yeah, and uh, every those tickets are available by the way too. Uh, Trapdoor Theater show. It's a show called The White Plague. The White Plague. Um, but anyway, we're, <laughs> it's about gentrification in New York. <laughs> yeah, it's in Brooklyn. No, uh, no, it actually takes place. Well. We make it take place basically in some outer space land, but it, it really was written by a Czech guy right before World War II. But anyway, Cubs caroling Friday the 20th. We're going to meet at Nisei Lounge at 7 o'clock. I'm going to hand out song sheets. We're going to run around Wrigleyville. We're going to sing. We're going to bar hop. We're going to drink. We're going to do shots of Malort. We're going to throw up on each other. We're going to use our scarves to clean it up. It's going to be amazing. So come on out. Carly, you're coming, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, last year was just so much fun. Uh, I think last year, I think we started at G-Man, didn't we? Yeah, I figured let's go opposite this year, just every other year. Because last year, we started at G-Man, we went to Nisei. This this time, I figured might maybe there'll be a few more people. It's a Friday night. Um, you know, word is out that it is the event of the century, and uh, we need a little bit more room. So. <laughs> the, the annual event the of annual the event of the century. I'm going to put that on the tag just to drum <laughs> it up a little bit. You know, I'm going to put a bunch of the pictures from last year up on the ranters page just because if, if you didn't see it, I mean, we literally just would barge into bars, scream for their attention and then start singing very peacefully and then leave. And it was just a it was like people just loved it. It was great. We, we got people joining us. Like, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we had uh, people just all of a sudden joining our crew and, and following us to Nisei. Yeah, and they, they they came, and we handed them song sheets. They sang with us. It was great. What did we hit, like seven, eight bars? We hit the skating rink. We sang to those people. It was freaking great. Um, I My my face hurt from smiling that night. Um, All right, so that's the end of the events. Sorry that took all this time, but uh, I just want you all, I want to see you this winter, everybody. It's the most exciting part of this podcast because the rest of it is Cubs it's boring, news. Yeah. And Cubs news is... Can I tell you how goddamn like this is the first year it's been really this bad. And maybe it's because we had a month less of base baseball this year. I am losing my fucking mind. There is nothing on TV. (laughs) The greatest thing that's going to happen in my life since September 31st is literally a Disney thing is starting tomorrow. That's it. (laughs) 
What do you care about that? Disney Plus, right? Yeah, it's the only thing I have to look forward to. There's nothing on fucking TV. I didn't. I try to watch games and shit. Goddamn Joe Bucks calling games and football is just, uh, I can't get the Bears. And if I do get the Bears, they're terrible. (laughs) You deserve that. I decided to follow the Avalanche a little more this year. I'm like, you know what? I want want to be more of an Avs fan this year. Really follow the hockey. Uh, They didn't renew the station that they play the games on for my cable package. So I'm uh, I'm in marquee land out here. Uh, You're blacked out. That sucks. Well, Michael, I'm sorry. Your life is terrible. (laughs) It really is. If you're a Cub fan, though, it was like starting in the offseason of 2014 when Theo decided it was time to kind of make that push. It was so exciting because – you know, we got Joe Madden and we got John Lester. And then in 2016, you know, we Dex Fowler was on there. And then 2016 comes around and we get Jason Hayward and we get Ben Zobrist. Uh, 17 comes around. You start, you know, you keep getting guys. And then all of a sudden, last offseason was like, oh. Daniel Descalso. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was just a big drop off. And then I think at this point now, we're just, we know nothing's going to happen. So it's like, what fun is hot stove when you know that you're getting nothing on your plate? Yeah, and that all all the it's the other teams that are going to be excited and their fans tweeting in exuberance. Instead, we get Andy Green, yeah. <laughs> who got fired from the Padres because of his bad communication skills. Yeah, I didn't understand <laughs> that at all. Like that was the big story with him is that people didn't think he was communicating well with the team. Is it the bench coach, the guy that's supposed to? constantly communicate what the manager wants yeah he's kind of the go-between between between everything and uh you know we were talking a lot about you know names like you know john farrell and lefebvre and some of these kind of guys that are older guys that kind of have more experience obviously that's where ross is lacking and then they kind of came out with andy green and i was just Mm -hmm. like okay what what was that and if you think we're kidding about the the communication issues um uh, this dude, Andy Green, he was he was actually part of uh, the um, the Peanuts Christmas special. He was the teacher. <laughs> what so. the? Oh my! God. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know he has a little bit more experience. I mean, he's been the manager for the last four years for the Padres, but that doesn't really say much. I mean, this year they just won sixty nine games. Nice. nice. Yeah. And uh and I mean he's got a 428 he's uh winning percentage 274 and 366. I mean did you say uh, a 420 winning percentage? Uh no, four, That's kind of nice no, too. Four, 428. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I might have said 420. He had a 420 winning percentage in 2016, also known as the year that the Cubs won the World Series. Um he was ejected 12 times. <laughs> so that's an average of 3 a year. Um I don't know. You can't tell much about that. But um, I don't know. That's the guy. Uh, His middle name is Mulligan. So doesn't that mean do over? (laughs) He's he's 42. It's it's do over and don't count the stroke. (laughs) And uh, it's also a stew. Mulligan uh, is also a, a, yeah. It's Irish food, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it's a mulligan stew, which is an odds and ends of food, which is also kind of like a do-over, a do-over for your food. You're like, I don't know, what do I, <laughs> what do I do with this piece of gristle? I guess I'll throw it in this stew with some water. Your cheap chicken neck and your cheap chicken feet. <laughs> yeah, and a carrot or two. So uh, the one thing that jumped out to me is that, you know, the he's not Latino, and I know that was one of the questions that Ross was asked at his presser, you know, how is he going to communicate with the Latin players? And then I thought about it that really the Cubs don't really have that many Latin players. There's Wilson, who they're saying they're going to trade. There's Javi. There's Q. And then uh, there's Victor Caratini. And th- that's it right now, unless they get Strope back. And all those guys actually speak English pretty well as well. Caratini is Puerto Rican. He always spoke English. Well, he was always bilingual, I should say. Um, I don't know. So I don't think that matters that much. But, I don't know, 42-year-old, you know, bench coach, Padres. I, I mean, are you excited about this at all? Does I mean, do you know enough about it to even make a decision? Nobody seems really thrilled. I don't know. What was your re- reaction? Yeah, like I said, I, I, was, I was hoping for somebody older and crustier, uh, just somebody more grizzled that can just really have some good feedback. Seemed like Andy Green, when he was over, at, he was supposed to have a big year. This was going to be the Padres' big breakout yeah, year. Yeah, they get Machado. Right, they're a version of 2015 where they they brought up a lot of young kids. They they have a lot of talent on that Tatis, team, and then, yeah, and it, it just didn't happen. And, and he seemed to have some problems with the media, you know, like kind of getting, you know. And no offense, San Diego's not the pressure cooker baseball media town, you know. <laughs> you're just gonna keep making that joke till somebody laughs. <laughs> that was his problem. Nobody could understand what you're saying. <laughs> Mouth full of marbles, <laughs> but but just this idea that he's lost the clubhouse with the Padres. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's going to be fine, but I'm just uh, it. It doesn't really do much. It really wasn't at all what I was hoping for, looking for. Maybe he's just going to be great, but just because you have a good analytical mind doesn't. You know, how many analytical minds do you need? You got to have somebody starting to you know police that clubhouse who can communicate well, and do, if that's what they want Rossi to do, you know, I'm sure he can do that. But that's really hard for the manager to do all the time. A lot of times the bench coach does take, a, you know, the good cop, bad cop. It's it's the bench coach that's usually more the bad cop, you know? Well, maybe that was his problem in San Diego is that he was a bad cop and everybody hated him. And now that's why they hired him is because he's a hard ass. I mean, he went, he's from Kentucky. He's got the middle <laughs> name Mulligan. I think that that might end up being a, a hard ass kind of dude. He's got a fighting Irish tattoo on his left bicep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, he's young enough to kick some ass still he's 40, you know, he's, he's younger than me. So is David Ross. I mean, this is a new era of uh, Cubs baseball, I think for, for Crawley and I, and Michael, you're a little younger, right? You're 43. Yeah. 43. Yeah. I'm now older than all of the Cubs coaching staff. Well, there, <laughs> there, uh, somebody that, that stayed who maybe is older than you still is Will Venable. He's staying. And um, now they, they need a third base coach and a quality assurance coach because Chris DeNorfi is out. What are we going to do without Dino? I don't even know what a quality assurance coach <laughs> does. I don't either. Like shit, I should apply. I'd be like, all right, just teach me the ropes. It sounds like a made up thing. I just sit at behind this desk and I'm like, that play was not quality. You have to assure <laughs> me that next time it will be more of a quality play. Yeah, I mean, isn't that what we're doing on this podcast? 
Yeah, we're like, a quality assurance podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we watch, it's like, well, yeah. We complain. You know, we complain dude, about the quality of the team. Dude had a toot blend. Yep. Not yeah. quality. Yeah. Do you know what a quality guy hit a double in the gap? Do you oh, have, that was quality? Do, no. Do you have any idea what Chris Denorfia did? No, I have no. I don't know because like quality assurance in like the manufacturing world is every so often you take the part off, like you just grab a, a random part and you make sure it's put together correctly. I mean, I understand why he got fired because this team is not put together correctly, but I don't know what what say he had in that uh, you know it, it really it, it seems like they keep adding more and more positions i mean if you want to save some money maybe cut some of the garbage out i don't know yeah, well they, <laughs> right. well they got a new the who's the new pitching guy uh the pitching assurance coach or something like that the the league-wide system uh, system pitching hitting situation we talked about it like a couple weeks ago and i already forgot the guy's name right oh, it just the but new- it, scientist it's, it's just a question of like it keep, they keep adding all these layers but the problem you know i, I don't know it, you know we're not spending on players no they're just getting these new you know 150 180 200 000 a year guys with who watch the game and tell you whether it was quality or not <laughs> right um yeah and, well but, and then let's, you, <laughs> rick is, doesn't go to the games anymore so he needs more people there to tell him I mean, if Theo really, if Theo really needs that, all you got, all he's got to do is just cover my bar tab while I'm at Wrigley, and I could tell him by the end of the game what I really think. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and you'll do it for nothing. Beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But which is actually pretty much what I make. Uh, for you spend easily thirty thousand dollars a year there. <laughs> I mean, Theo could really just join our Patreon. And just get these podcasts. Yeah, right just away. listen to the podcast. I'll, I'll even no edit, commercials. I'll even edit it down for him to the parts that are really important that he has to know. He'll just have to run it at double speed, so it takes like only an hour. So, and then the Cubs have a new bullpen coach, and Lester Strode is out because we killed him. Oh no. It's what what really do you mean by sick. we killed him? Is it because we were talking about it on yeah. the podcast? We talked about him, and we're like, and when we said, we're like, well, Lester Strode's not going anywhere. I think that's exactly what we said. We're like, oh, yeah, no, he's a he's a stalwart. They'll never get rid of him. And then, like, the next day, he got fired, and they got Chris Young. We, we were talking about how they would name the bullpen after him. Yeah. Yeah. Because he'd been there for so long. And they really should. He was there for 31 years. And they're going to find a new position years. for him. Quality assurance. Why not? I mean, <laughs> they need well. Yeah, just move him over there. Um, uh, the bring bring your assist, clipboard. Assistant to the regional assistant GM. Yeah, sure. <laughs> why not? Uh, you know, and this Chris Young, just to just to clarify, is not the Chris Young that got in the worst big man fight of all time with Derek Lee. Uh, different guy altogether. <laughs> yeah, that was a giant Chris Young. That Chris Young is eight feet tall, and uh, well, this Chris Young is shorter, and he was the Phillies pitching yeah. coach or bullpen coach, something. I don't know. He was a, I wasn't even a pitching coach, I thought. He was their pitching coach, yeah. I mean, They, they basically fired their entire staff from last year, the Phillies. Uh, Maley's over with the Angels. He was their hitting coach to start out. Kaplan's gone, and... Uh, yeah, remember and, when and they... Chris Young. Remember when they fired Maley? They brought on um, uh, Charlie Manuel. <laughs> 
That's his name, right? Yep, Charlie Manuel, yeah. to go along with Phil Reagan in New York and all the other 80-year-old guys that they're just throwing in the <laughs> um, dugout. Hey, yeah, a fucking 80 years old hitting coach. He walked out there. He's like, ah, lift your back elbow. <laughs> <laughs> you need more chewing hey, tobacco. Roger, Roger Hornsby told me. <laughs> well, my mom's still out there playing piano and organ and singing. She's 81. She's still doing it. Out at uh, out at church, <laughs> you know, it's maybe a little bit different to do something incredibly physical like play baseball at eighty one. But hey, you never know. Charlie Manuel's a big guy too, overweight, obese, if you will. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a Tommy Lasorda type. Oh, oh yeah, just the kind of guy that you know. Whenever they pan him on that, pan the camera in the dugout, he's kind of just like the stomach's rolling over the waist, and he's scratching himself. And they got to cut to something else. <laughs> <laughs> Those were like the last days of Pinella. God, I miss that. You know, just you know, they'd have to catch him in the dugout, picking his nose with his fupa hanging over his lap. Oh God, <laughs> it really was bad. It followed asleep. Well, um. See what else? So we need a third base coach. Um, and we also found out that uh, Scott Harris, who I didn't know worked for the Cubs, he went to be the Giants GM. So that's a big promotion for him. He was uh, in just in the front office assistant to the assistant <laughs> of right. of quality insurance. Um, and you then- know he was. You know this is really a, a tough problem to have. I mean, it's a, I guess it's a good problem, but the Cubs have lost. A lot of really smart guys is kind of like this brain drain. Everybody, when they look for openings, a lot of times they do grab former Cubs. So uh, Scott Harris was a guy that a lot of people thought was going to do really, really great. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that for some odd reason, they keep taking all these guys. And the only one left every year is Randy Bush. <laughs> yeah. And somehow Crane Kenny has like worked there as long as Lester Strode. <laughs> right. Know? And Crane Kenny has disappeared. Remember like two years ago, he was on like he was a household name. People knew who the fuck Crane Kenny was. I feel like I haven't heard his name thrown around in a long time. Yeah, the renovations are done is why. Because he was all about that. And but he he hasn't been talking about the TV stuff too much. That's been more press releasey kind of things. You know, when they you hear some Cable company in Iowa picks it up, you know. <laughs> you know, they, you know, all we're what they're really missing now is Comcast. He puts that together, you know. It's going to be great to, you know, not have to worry about that. Yeah, I'm. They're going to release all the things on YouTube TV. There's only so many times I could watch the Sandberg game and <laughs> and freaking Ernie Banks' 500th home run, which they play all the time anyway, on all over the place. I mean, I. I am a cynical dude, and uh, I don't necessarily want to get into the whole TV thing right now. But, you know, I really don't know that they're going to be able to produce a lot of quality content for that channel. That uh, I don't know. It, it, if they were smart, it would be great to, you know, like uh, after the game or on off days or whatever during the day when they're playing night games to play uh, – to actually play maybe some of the minor league teams. Wouldn't it be cool if you could actually just like just flip on the TV at any point? There might be uh, a South Bend game or a Des Moines game or Tennessee. Like, and you could just watch some of the players that you don't have any. Michael, idea about. they'll never do it because it's too good of an idea. And that's not what baseball's about. That's not. <laughs> oh, what... 
right. how Rob Manfred likes to run things. Well, I, I know that the White Sox, obviously they haven't had a good product in a while, but they're they're kind of like the Cubs were in 2014 with a lot of young players in the minors. I know they were showing some of their games, like the Charlotte Knights games uh, on Comcast. So, I mean, Michael, you know, brings up a good point is that, you know, the only problem with that is, you know, it's still be, I'd still watch it, but for a lot of people, there's not really a lot down there to get too excited about just now. Well, I mean, we know that they're already filming those games. Those, those games are being filmed. Just show it. Just don't, you know, don't, it doesn't have to be like a great, like professional superstar product, but, you know, have one guy in there kind of calling, telling you who's out there, play the game from that one, like, you know, they have the one camera <laughs> for minor league <laughs> sure, games. Sure. And just swinging it all around from center field, <laughs> zooming yeah, like, in and out. It's, it's somebody sitting behind the plate with an iPhone. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that would be cool. And uh, I, I think that if I mean they're not, they're going to put up like Bay versus ball player and shit like that. But I, I don't know. Like, I'm not gonna. I don't have cable. I've already <laughs> but, but cut when my. You're, when you're real deep on the forty man roster. And it's Bay versus ball player. You have no idea who the two people are. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, uh, is that Dwayne Underwood and his girlfriend? <laughs> like, what the <laughs> hell? Um, and, and some of the guys do it multiple times because they, they're not married. They just keep dating different women. Yeah, <laughs> and you notice the women have no idea who they're dating. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that is a new idea. Like some sort of bachelor cub oh, show, you know? Yeah. See, or they're you, never going to do cool shit like this. See, they need to hire us to be director I'm, I'm of programming. we call it Flavor of the Week. <laughs> and whoever's dating somebody new, you bring them on and you find out what they actually know about the people. Yeah, we'll call, call it like Ballpark Betty or something like that. You know, just to <laughs> make it all about road chicks. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, they, they can uh, and, and you have to guess which player hooked up with the road chick or something like that. I don't know. We, we, can, we can even involved. move this into like a Maury Povich like thing, like are the paternity tests. Oh yeah. Well, we had, we had that sh- uh, fake commercial on this show one time. It was, was, didn't we have uh, Addison Russell paternity test? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was one of the shows that we, uh, we came up with for the new marquee network. Yeah. Yeah. I, I should play that again. If I need to find it. So, um, yeah, do you know what else would be cool? Just get, getting back to what you were just saying, Michael, about uh, playing the minor league games. There's a lot of smart bloggers out there who focus on the minors. And, like, I don't focus on those teams that much. I kind of depend on those guys to tell me what's going on and, like, what names I should maybe look up and forget, <laughs> you know, again. But, um, you know, I, I, I would be interested. Totally, like a, like a Cubs Den show. Yeah, or Absolutely. Um, with, uh, I mean, John Arguello would have been awesome on it, but he would have been amazing. RIP. Yeah. What a nice guy. Um, so, uh, (laughs) sorry to bring it down. I'm like, (laughs) my friend died. Um, so the GM meetings, uh, they start today, which, uh, (laughs) it's kind of funny. They, you see that story about, I believe it was the Braves GM or president, or I don't know who it was, but it basically admitted to collusion. Yeah. He's like, I, we've already talked to all all 27 teams that are not in the World Series just to see where we're at this year. Yeah. Like, what, what, what are you guys going to do? <laughs> I don't know. We don't want to spend any money. Oh, us either. <laughs> well, you know, th- I really am nervous that, you know, at least we got to see a World Series, but I got a feeling there's going to be a strike come when the next CBA is done. I, oh. I don't see how they're going to fix this right now. This is such a mess. 
And you can sit there and get mad about, you know, about uh, about the Ricketts family and all this stuff. But trust me, they are not. And I'm not saying it's OK, but they are definitely not the only ones who are crying poor here. Uh, you could take a look at Boston, St. Louis, all these teams that are just making hands over fists of money. And, and they, they, you know, they talk about trading Mookie bets in Boston. Like, why the hell would you do that? Yeah. Oh, St. Louis is saying that their entire all the money that they have is already locked up in the players that are coming back. Like they're done. Like before anything even got started, they're like, we're at the top of our budget with all the guys we're bringing back. Well, that's what they did at the trade deadline last year. They didn't do shit. And then they made it to the NLCS. So maybe they are fine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think they're fine. Well, that's what we thought before. And then they fucking went to the NLCS. So I don't know. Well, right. but they got swept out of the NLCS with no real like next year they're going to pull this off. Right. You got you got a lot of guys there that are just getting older and you know you when you do that what you're kind of holding your breath that you know do you expect Adam Wainwright to do it again? Uh Carpenter's, you know, showing age. A lot of these guys that they got are kind of, you know, Dexter is showing his age. All these kind of guys are really kind of running down. It's not like they have a ton of young guys. They do have some but definitely, I mean, why wouldn't you want to try to improve upon that? Well, because the Central's winnable without doing it, and that's how the Cubs feel about it, too, pretty much. You know, I mean, the Brewers came from out of nowhere, like, two years in a row and and made it happen with that crazy putting together a bunch of five starters as your bullpen situation. Um, and then, you know, the Reds, I mean, are we going to talk about the Central next year? I mean, I think the Reds, if they can straighten out um, their hitting situation and maybe just kind of like have things go their way a little bit more. Um, I think they're the team maybe to beat if their pitching remains the same. You know what I mean? Like they're the team on the rise that yeah, I yeah. Didn't they lose like some sort of like crazy number of games by one run or two runs? Yeah, like they it, they had a really weird season where they were way better than they their actual record was. As Cub fans, we know that because they they kick the crap out of us. Um, they, they've they everyone's been waiting. It's it's they're they're about ready to take off. You know, I don't know if it's going to be this year because I thought that last year and the year before, but I don't know. They're making a lot of smart moves, and I think it's just a matter of time, and and we'll see what happens. But the Reds could be a dangerous team. They're well, in a lot better shape than the Pirates. Well, and and the Pirates are obviously just going. De- I mean, they could be relegated by the end of next year. I mean, they they're just really going down the crapper right now. They traded all their good players. They got and then they brought back um what's his name? Marte. Marte. Yeah, they brought back Marte. And uh but why? That poor guy, you know, now he's stuck in Pittsburgh another year on a terrible team. But um, you know, so they're going the one way, but everybody else is gonna just tread water. The Reds have money to spend, so who knows what they're gonna do with it, you know, but you know, they could probably go out there and change their team. Uh, you know, the Brewers have money to spend. The you know, Cardinals, are, you know, they feel like they're going to stay put, and so do the Cubs, frankly, unless they, you know, trade from the core like everybody's saying they're going to do. And uh, the Wilson Contreras rumors are going crazy right now as he's the guy. And, you know, I've read a lot. I talked to Sarah Sanchez a lot about this, and she is the biggest Wilson Contreras fan <laughs> on the planet Earth. So it's in, hey, I think we're all big Wilson Contreras fans, but you know, she is, um, you know, she does not understand. And I see her point because Wilson is not going to free up a lot of payroll. Obviously he's a commodity, you know, that you can maybe get a lot for him, but without the absence of a, 
of a haul, like a totally ridiculous haul from another team. I do not see how Wilson Contreras not being on this team and Victor Caratini, although had, having a nice year, almost a breakout year last year, how that improves the Cubs next year at all. And unless it's an absolute haul, you know, then, I'm, you know, maybe that, 2021 we're talking about now, right? Right. And that seems to be the problem with who the Cubs have to trade. The people that they have that they can trade require a lot back, a ton. Like, I mean, KB, Javi, uh, you know, Wilson, like these guys are not guys that you can just give up for nothing. Um, even Schwarber, you know, Schwarber is all these guys are like low payroll guys with super high upsides. And if you're not going to get anything for them, it's really hard to pull the trigger. Well, you know, we had this conversation and, and, and when it was brought up who from the core you want to trade, I've, I've, I've always been the one saying, you know, if you're going to trade one of the core, for me, Wilson is the most expendable. Um, you know, he, he is, you know, he can hit. I'm not going to take that away from him. Uh, there's something, it's funny, whenever, you know, I've gone to Club 400 and listened to Miggy speak, you know, a lot of times he talks about how Wilson's one of the best catchers. He's just got to get it together mentally. And I think there's something about, you know, the way that he calls a game, as far as his framing, everyone brings up his arm, but he also has a lot of errors behind the plate. Uh, you take a look at the amount of base running mistakes he makes. He, he's fine. I just, just with the pitching staff that we currently have, I just would like somebody that has just a little bit more defensive skills as far as blocking the ball, as far as framing, stealing pitches. That's what been one of my big, you know, big po talking points for the last couple of years is that the Cubs, as far as uh, framing pitches, they're just near the bottom of the league all the time. And everyone keeps saying, Oh, well, you know, Wilson figured it out. Now Wilson's brother helped them out. Wilson, this Wilson, that I just don't think it's something that you can be taught. And so if you don't have a bunch of flamethrowing guys, which we don't, you know, you got to catch those corners. You got to get those close calls. And he doesn't. So more of a finesse catcher. And I don't yeah. really know that, Victor Caratini, I mean, he improves it maybe slightly, I mean, by the framing metrics that we're talking about, but n not so markedly that it makes that big of a difference. Like he's not just, he's not like David Ross back there. You know no, what I mean? You, you got to go, you got to go outside the organization. Victor Caratini, I think is great in the backup role, really good backup catcher. He's not an everyday player. That That's not going to happen. I, I actually think he is an everyday player. I think he could be. For some team out there, he could definitely be an everyday catcher and do really well. Unfortunately, he's never been in that role, and nobody's going to project him to that. You know what I mean? Like, he could go, I mean, especially to a bad team, he could go to a bad team yeah. and just be the number one guy all day. Like catch, but, catch 130, 140 games or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, he could totally be the answer for somebody out there but there's the perception that he's not because Wilson Contreras, who was not a catcher, jumped over him, you know? Well, and that's the other thing, and I don't know, we haven't seen it ever, but um, it, Bleacher Tony 
who I hang out with all the time, he uh, says what you do is you trade Bryant, you move that money because it's a hell of a lot more money, triple the money of Wilson Contreras, and um, you move Wilson to third base, which I guess was his original position. Oh. Was he a third baseman? Yeah, yeah he I guess an, he yeah, was. Yeah, he was an infielder, third baseman. You know, he did kind of everything. He's kind of, you know, athletically he's very gifted, but... I mean, I, I think that's probably a. I mean, a lot of balls but hit the, over to third. You know what I mean? Like that, you're going to take a maybe a step back. I mean, his arm. You know, once he figure. I mean, if he can throw. I mean, obviously he he can sure gun it over there and with and accurately often. Um, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird idea, but I don't. It's, it it's is not a weird idea because either. in that movement, you actually get your offense drops off a lot. I mean, unless, you know, just not being behind the plate all the time makes it so that he can focus a little like and actually, you know, maybe feels a little better and hits better more often. But like you're not going to get the same, you know, offense that KB gives you. I just guys, I really think that if KB does end up leaving the Cubs, you're it's just. I think a lot of people take him for granted in what he does. He just a player of Brian's caliber doesn't come along that often. And I would say that any, you know, if you're going to trade, I just don't, I, I keep saying this. I don't see what you're going to get that is going to value is going to equal the value of Chris Bryant. I just don't. Well, he's consistently and, a very good player that, you know, has probably the capability to be a complete badass superstar, but maybe not the temperament and tenacity to, get over the hump to basically get his fucking face on MLB the show because it's Javi who is a lower OPS and war and all that shit. But who's, but who makes the exciting plays who hits the, you know, not that Chris Bryant doesn't hit big home runs. Sometimes he does, you know, he's a very good baseball player, but you know, he's got this grievance, which was filed a hell of a long time ago. And now they're investigating it for like, the next six months, it looks like it's going to take as long for them to figure out what goes on with his grievance as it did to find out that Addison Russell beats up girlfriends um, or wives. She was his wife. But uh, both. Both. I mean, we know he had multiple. Yeah. But it, either way, like it, 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 there's bad blood between, you know, you could say that they just keep it professional, but you know that Theo's like, fuck you, Chris. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Ricketts is too. It's like fuck, man. Why you got to make things hard for us? Just like chill. You know. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. They send Jed down to the clubhouse to break all of Chris Bryant's uh, Disney DVDs when he's not looking. <laughs> <laughs> See how far you get without your copy of Cinderella. Yep. He, uh, he walks in and his, you know, his his Mickey Mouse doll is hanging from a noose in his locker. <laughs> Well, and it's and here's the thing: you have desperate needs on this team. You know, you're gonna need another pitcher to replace Cole Hamels. Uh, there's nobody. Although I did see some promising reports at, out of um, well, a couple different outlets that there's some decent pitchers. Uh, you know, from like a couple draft classes ago that seem like they're making their way through the cup system, it may be add value eventually, you know, but we're not there, but we, you're going to need somebody to go out there and pitch when Cole Hamill's dead. Oh no, actually we don't. I actually saw this today on Twitter. You Darvish can now throw with his left hand. Oh yes. Yeah, so he just goes out there two days in a row. No, no, not two days in a row. 
you 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 throw somebody in between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's he's your number one and your number four guy. Okay. I'm and, think, <laughs> and how much money does that save? Now you can well, go get Terrence you, Gore and just have a roster spot of a speed guy. Yeah. That that saves a shit ton of money. I mean, you're you're talking that whatever the twenty million is now going into one pitcher who's actually pitching for two. That's like two ten million dollar pitchers. Oh, wow, the new market inefficiency. I mean, that's that's Tyler Chatwood. Oh wait, never mind. Tyler Chatwood's making twenty. Yeah, he can't even throw with one arm. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got a few pitchers like that. Um, so uh. Anyway, uh, they say they're going to trade somebody from the core. The GMs that was kind of talked about today that was leaked out that either like Lindor is going to get traded or Bryant was one of the names that was out there. Who was the other one? Uh, Mookie Betts. Mookie uh, those were the three. Yeah, the three big names: Lindor, Bryant, or Betts. One of the three is going to get traded. They're saying this off season. Okay, if we can get Lindor and Betts, I'm fine with getting rid of Bryant. <laughs> Well, sure. I mean, I'm fine to get, get them both. Get Rendon and get rid of Bryant. Like whatever. You just, you know, you. It, it's like people always want to make these trades, and then, you know, be like, oh, we'll get rid of this guy, and then, and I'm like, well, then who plays? <laughs> right. There's. You're you know, saying we have no third base. Yeah, Bryant for prospects means fucking. I don't know who at third base. Yeah. Bodie. No, like Bryant. You have to get. I think the only thing that you get back for Bryant that is worth it is starting pitching. Yeah, like somebody replaced fucking Cole Hamels for the next fucking three, four years. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense with Bryant. In this, and I'm not like a huge Bryant fan. I think Bryant is a great player, but I also see the writing on the wall. When he's done with his first contract he's done with the cups i don't think he's coming back i don't think there's going to be a uh a hometown discount or even a no discount for the hometown i think he's going to make him pay out the nose and as we are seeing the rickets don't believe that money buys championships well, you know, I heard that the other day. What is that? Uh, spending doesn't correlate with winning, and and uh, that's just garbage. I mean, <laughs> just re- that really is because there was a great article that was out that was just talking about how, like, out of the last, I forget ever, twenty since like the wild card era, pretty much every team has been in the top half of payroll. So, yeah. and I can tell you, you know what? If you're talking about World Series, spending may not correlate with the world series but you know what correlates with last place teams <laughs> yeah. not spending yeah a 60 million dollar payroll That's yeah look what... at the look at the pirates yeah look at look at uh the you know the orioles the marlins all these rebuilding teams you know um so and you know they were also saying and i'll skip ahead a little bit and say that uh over since 2012 uh, attendance is down 8.5%, and that's a pretty big number in seven years. That's overall in baseball, right? Overall in baseball, and they say most of it, it are the tanking teams because right. all these all these teams, like you'll have you know a good like one-fifth of the league completely just shit in the bed all year, and nobody's going to show up for that shit. Most places are not like Wrigley Field where you have the, the you know, it's, 
you have your diehard fans you have your uh you have your diehard bands you have your tourists you have all sorts of different groups of people that always want to catch a game at wrigley to be fair in 2012 wrigley was pretty pretty empty oh yeah 2012 i was there yeah 2012 was was uh lean years easy to get tickets there but you're Right, right right but those tickets were already paid for that's true. That that is true. And and you're right. Even a bad game at Wrigley has twenty five thousand people in it. Right. Uh, you if know, the weather's I, there was nice, games. Yeah. I think with the with the Marlins, where like you could literally hear individual conversations, like just from the stands. I, oh, I, that that's uh, Tampa Bay at the Trop. I I saw people in 2012, 2013. Uh, they, they were students, like one of those early April games when it was kind of nice out. Maybe it hit 60 that day or something. And I, <laughs> some guy was out there with his uh, textbook studying for finals at, at the game. And I, it, it, and I think the game was probably quieter and more relaxing than his dorm room. So he just came over there to get a <laughs> little work done. Um, so yeah, no, but it's there's a lot of tanking teams, and so that you know, and I don't think the Cubs are tanking; they're going to stay competitive. But I think you know they're get just like last year, the Central is going to look to play itself to even again and just see how it shakes out, and that's not good enough for the fans of Chicago. So I so they're saying they're going to trade a core player and shake things up and get back there. But you know, and they are also not going to spend any money. But neither is anybody else. So. You know, and the owners are colluding now to not do it. So, oh, that and that's There's the other season. thing, like <laughs> that, that's coming out. Like these, uh, the payroll tax that the Ricketts are so fucking frightened of, right? And they're talking about like they compound and they get bigger every year. The longer you stay above their tax, they get bigger. All this stuff. Okay, it's like six million. And like eleven million, it's not even one player's worth of extra money that they have to pay to do this. It's something like seven million dollars, something, some yeah. ridiculously low amount of money. So you could spend roughly twenty to twenty-five million, and you're going to get charged seven. And that's going to, like I said, that can help out with a lot of bullpen pieces, a lot of other things. Yeah, but- imagine bringing in, uh, uh. Who do we want for what? Rendon's a bigger. Oh no, Castellanos. Castellanos, bring him. Bringing in. back Castellanos, paying him the extra money that puts you up over. But Castellanos is going to make the Cubs more than that luxury tax is going to be against them. Well, and and then you spend. I mean, they're they are going to spend maybe thirty million. And they're gonna pay the luxury tax. They're gonna do that, you know. Maybe they move some contract, you know, like Hayward somehow, or you know, uh, Bryant somehow. Um, uh, and then you save that money. But th- they say they're gonna spend like thirty million as it is, right? You know, and they're gonna get like right to that luxury tax, that second threshold. What they don't want to do is lose lose the draft picks and the international bonus pool and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Because that that adds up. And well, speak, speaking of adding up, Buster only just put out that uh, Garrett Cole's camp will be looking for north of $300 million. Oh, he is not getting that. There's no way. Because to make $300 million work, you're talking about a 10-year deal, right? Yeah. Eight at the minimum. And Garrett Cole is how old? He's 29? 
take a look here. He's still young, but we're talking about getting to 39, 37, 39 years old. Yep, he's 29 years old right now. I mean, so so next year he's 30, 10 year deal. He's a 40 year old making 30 million dollars. Yeah, you don't want to take that kind of risk. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's a long ass contract. And if you look at what happened with like the Arietta contract going for less years, and he was a little older. Um, even Darvish, you know, those were the two big arms that year, although not quite the you know level of a uh, Garrett Cole. Right now, um, they they aren't going to do it. That doesn't mean somebody shouldn't, <laughs> because they have the money. Uh, All cash- these assholes have the money. Uh, what was Crawley? You put out that uh, that great link to that story. Uh, talking about how the Ricketts have fucking plenty of money. They're just being dicks. And all the baseball owners have plenty of money. They're just all being dicks. Like I said, this is this is going to end up coming to a strike. And those of us that lived through that 94 strike, which is one of the most, you know, didn't affect the Cubs that bad because they were shitty in 94. But all the interesting storylines, all the good teams, I honestly thought the White Sox were going to win all that year. But it's just going to kill baseball if they do this again. Yeah. Well, they're already kind of killing it because Rob Manfred hates it, so he wants it dead. He wants it God. drowned in a bathtub. I do not understand how Rob Manfred still has a job. How can the owners not look at this fucker and see that he is ruining everything? Like, It's all extortion. He's got something on somebody. No, no, no. It's 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 the same as what's the guy from uh, the NFL, the same commissioner. I forget what he makes. How, like He makes ridiculous sum of Goodell. Like, Right. Yeah, Goodell makes like thirty million a year. He doesn't do shit, but he lets the owners do what they want. Yeah, and then well, they pay uh, the salary. Yeah. Well, but but Manfred's not just doing nothing. Manfred's doing weird shit. He's changing the baseballs. He's talking about getting rid of the shift. Well, he's, he's doing a bunch of weird was, stuff. He that was talking about automated the- stri- strike zone, so that might be coming. He talked. To, I saw that floated. They're going to use it in the minors next year. Yeah. No, it, it it just that's doesn't, a good thing, by the way. I think doesn't doesn't really make sense. I don't know. They they haven't figured out that the they haven't figured out the strike zone stuff yet. The electronic strike zone. So, well, they they, they tested it out in the what Mid Atlantic League, and then I think it's going to go in a lot more places as 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 it makes its way. It's not going to be in the majors. I don't think in the next two years. But as it kind of makes its way up, they're going to have to invest more money in, into the technology to make it work. Well, yeah, they're going to need to invest a bunch more money. And the players union is going to have that as part of their shit that they don't want. Maybe some of them do want it. Yeah, maybe. I don't think so, though. I don't know. I I actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm split on my ideas about the electronic strike zone. Because on the one hand, it would be better for offense because they would know what a strike is all the time and they would be able to hit it, right? And the pitchers would just have to learn to make their pitches even nastier in order to fool the batter. Well, yeah, I mean, they're still going to have to throw a pitch that looks like a strike that ends up a ball and then have them flail at it and miss they're still going to have to do that and or make weak contacts, you know, but, oh, it's good balls going to be here. But a lot of the a lot of the games that are really bad, these low scoring games, the reason they're low scoring right now 
is because the the batters just don't know what a strike zone is. And the pitchers don't either. Like, nobody has a fucking clue. And so everybody's just guessing up there, and it makes it worse. I think the offense kicks up more when you have an electronic strike zone because it does have to be the same every time. Now, consistent. Right, consistent. The reason that I'm a little bit uh, kind of eh, on the fence about it is I really liked, you know, like how Greg Maddox used to work games where by the fifth inning, he was getting a pitch that he was not getting in the first inning. And that's a skill and an artistry that is amazing to see. Not that a lot of pitchers have that anymore because it's just like, can you throw 100? That's all we want. So maybe it doesn't matter because it's such a small number of pitchers anymore. Like Kerry Wood's 20 strikeout game. Like at the end of that game, he's getting called strike threes on balls like half a foot outside the zone. I'm like, oh. yeah. I'm like well, that's a he, gift one there. You he's know. getting Little League umpire yeah. zone calls. Pardon the interruption. Our Patreon subscribers don't get interrupted with Blue Chew ads. That's right. It's time for a boner pill ad. So, guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? I mean, I kind of remember. It was a long time ago. But now you can increase your performance and get extra confidence in bed. So listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. B-L-U-E Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, full or empty stomach, and since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, in your relationship, sometimes you need a little extra help. You know, Blue Chew can probably help you out with that, if you know what I mean. Because, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little, little awkward thing to talk about. But, you know, sometimes uh, as you get older, you know, life uh, gets a little stressful. Maybe you need a little help. So if you could use that benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. So um, I know that you might talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. You know what I mean? So Blue Chew, it's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now, we've got a special deal for Sunranto listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code ARMCHAIR. Don't do the extra CHs, just A-R-M-C-H-A-A-R. That's how you try it free. A Blue Chew is the better Cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Sun Rento Show. Back to the show. What do you think, Crawley? You, you like know, the, it, the electronic situation? I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the electronic strike zone. It's just the umpiring's gotten – it's really tough, and I think that framing – you know, also just to me takes away from the game. There's an art to that too. I just want the balls to be consistently called. Some of the strikes that we saw in this postseason were just absolutely awful. See, but that's a completely different problem. And we've talked about on this show a million times. That problem is actually not the electronic strike zone. It's the uh, MLB umpires union that is way too strong and keeping these old fucking dudes in there. 
It's like, like this, when do we get new umpires? It's like even this, when you get young umpires, though. I mean, it's still those balls. I mean, it just moves like crazy. If you ever go to Twitter and look at Pitching Ninja and how difficult it really is to freaking make that call, I and understand. Then you got umpires but, framing it. It just. But the umpires who we know who they are, are they the young guys? Are there? Wait, first off, are there young guys? Like, what are we going to consider young? Like Maybe I, forty years old. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you need that kind of experience, I think, and to know that rule book, which is, you know, quite nuanced. Um, that takes a lot of training. Like, I know Joe West is known to be like a damned encyclopedia of the thing. but it's, Right, but he got his start. He was 20 fucking years old. Yeah. Because he's been he's he's been out there for 40 years. It's 14 chins ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a tree when you cut it and you see the rings. Yeah. So I'm all for the chins. (laughs) I just want another young Joe West to come up. You know, there's got to be guys out there struggling, busting their fucking ass who are really good, but they're stuck in the minor leagues because they can't break through to the major leagues because guys like Joe West, who are 75 years old, are still out there, you know, rolling around, getting hit by baseballs, fucking, you know, Losing a chicken in her fucking chin roll. I think Angel Hernandez is a younger guy. The, the, the AR-15, the one that was going to shoot everybody up, he's a younger guy. Yeah. They got him. <laughs> I'm just, you know, they're just, I'm just tired of this. It's just make, you have the technology, use it, make the calls. And then, like you said, you get more offense, which is what Manford supposedly wants. He but, was but- born in 1961, Angel Hernandez. That's your young guy. Okay, boomer. I'm done with these guys I, re- I really I just it doesn't interest me anymore when you see when you're watching a game and you're seeing some of this stuff and it just absolutely to me it just takes away from the game when you're sitting there and, and these calls are just all over the place I I'm I'm ready for some change and, and it, it makes it'll I think it'll improve the game uh back when talking about boomers tennis used to be really popular with McEnroe and Connor all these things they eventually got the line calls where they were making them right where you can use the electronics and do that there's no reason that baseball multi-billion dollar industry cannot sit there and get an electronic strike zone and just make it fair and an electronic foul line let's get the fairs and fouls right and all that shit let's just you know I mean the the outs and safes are challengeable but I've often thought that you should put sensors in those running gloves. And, you know, if you're touched in your uniform, you could have sensors in your uniform and in the ball. And, uh, man, you could just go completely electronic so you knew, like, a video game whether you were out or safe. Well, I would really like them to get rid of fucking slowing the the speed down and just get to a point where if it's egregious, then it's a it's an overturn. Right. But you need to be able to see it at the speed of the game, because sometimes these guys are calling things like, uh, you know, Crawley said that, like, it's so hard to call them sometimes. Yeah. Did he- if it's egregious, it's one thing. But if it's that what I hate is when the foot just comes up like a millimeter and you have to fucking lock it down on that one frame to see it. Oh, they're freeze framing the cleat to see if the cleat is still touching the base. Yeah, you know, that kind of shit needs to go away and it needs to be obvious at full speed of the game. You can zoom on it. You can look at the 
150 different camera angles, but it needs to all be at the speed of the game. And I think that that would then just kind of move the game along and people wouldn't bitch so much about it. You know, people bitch about instant replay also in football. And I, I heard an interesting interview t- one time from the former, uh, I want to say he's a Falcons coach, Brian Billick. And he said he was on the committee to approve uh, the instant replay. But the whole thing is like you were talking about, Michael, is that it was supposed to fix egregious, awful calls. And so what he says is if you can't tell in 30 seconds what it is, then the call on the field stands, move on. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is we always hear that if there's not conclusive evidence, then it shouldn't be overturned. And how many times do we see non-conclusive evidence overturned? In fact, I feel like it's overturned more often when it's non-conclusive. Yeah, the, well, the tip of his glove grazed the button of his jersey, and so he's technically out, <laughs> even though the call was safe. Yeah, I mean, you see that stuff all the time because they're like, oh, his jersey moved a little bit, so obviously that's his glove touching it, you know? That kind of crap. Um, I do agree because it, it does take forever. There was one play in the World Series that, man, didn't they hold it up for like... Was that the one? Was it Trey Turner running down the line? Yeah, yeah, the Trey Turner, and then they oh, called him out on well, interference, it, and then uh, then he hit a home run. Then and <laughs> what was and what was fucking crazy about that is that when they went to the headset, that was a non-reviewable call. They went to the headset just to make sure it was non-reviewable. Yeah, that wasn't even a challenge. That was and just actually, a challenge. So to what see. the fuck took them so long? They should have got on the headset, and the dude should have said. Yeah, that's not reviewable. That's even, a fucking even better. Even better though was that Trey Turner was yelling at the umpires because the head of all umpires is Joe Torrey. I know, and he's right, right in the stand, and he's yelling, "Ask him, he's right there. He's not looking up, but ask him." <laughs> oh man! Well, and then, and then it turns out the argument that everybody's having on Twitter about this thing is whether he's in the uh, in the line or not. Right. Is he in the base path or not? All this shit. Right. And it turns out that's not what the call was. The call was that because he knocked off the guy's glove, which happened after he was hit by. That's why the home plate umpire called interference because it ripped off the glove and it had nothing to do with whether the guy was in the in the correct yeah, spot, or which not. he which he wasn't. By the way, so it, you know, I saw it. I don't want to rehash that whole play, but wait, why wasn't he? Because he was on the line. He was on the line going yeah, you, down. He to- wasn't. It wasn't in the running lane. There's a running lane which you have to basically step back into fair territory to hit the base. There's a running lane to the right. Okay. Well, of the, I won't argue with you about this, but that's please don't because <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I'm just gonna be like, no, I'm no, and I don't want to argue about it either. But I totally disagree with your your interpretation of that from mine. So, <laughs> but let's let's move on from all this umpire strike zone shit. I don't even know how we got on. It's not even in the show notes. We're just talking. How the about, fuck did we get yeah, on that? I don't know. But uh, I I did see that Sarah Sanchez. She posted the 2020 steamer projections. I can't say that word. Projections. And uh, I don't know. It's pretty uh, I don't, underwhelming. Uh, it's underwhelming. I have a problem with this. I don't, you know, no, no offense, Sarah. I'm just a little uncomfortable with Sanchez and steamer. Same, <laughs> same oh, bit. Oh, man. I hope, Sarah, I'm sorry. 
Dude, uh, she listens. Come on. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, uh, Sarah. That was terrible, but uh, scatological humor. No, I mean, did you t- take a look at these? You know, you got Bryant with his 4.8 war being completely unclutched somehow. Um, 273 average. You got, you know, hitting 31 home runs. Uh, the only guys they got over 30 home runs, which, you know, in this day and age, it's not that big of a deal, but you got Schwarber at 36 leading the team. Baez 32, Rizzo 32 and Bryant 31 and the highest, uh, OPS belonging to Rizzo. That's the thing I don't understand either with the Cubs this year. Uh, a record number of home runs were hit all throughout the league. Everybody hitting the shit out of the ball. And didn't it seem like the Cubs were kind of uh, below where they should have been? Like, the way that everybody else was hitting, you feel like we should have had three guys over 40. Well, the thing that killed you was the Cubs bullpen was the one giving up most of those home runs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, it was really more about what other teams were doing to us. Um, I mean, if we got to face Derek Holland a little bit more, we probably would have had more home runs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, too bad the Brewers didn't pick him up. He seemed like the kind of guy they would too. Um, and, but he would have done well with them somehow. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got, they have Hap in here at 23 homers. So I guess they're expecting him to be out there. Five, they, 530 plate appearances. They have him for, uh, I don't know if that's realistic, um, still low batting average. They got Schwarber batting 253. I don't know. You look at these. And you you got four players with OPSs over eight. You got Jason Hayward with a you know average a year and a one point nine WAR. You know just ninety eight WRC plus. These are all projections, but you know they're not without lots and lots of thought and uh, models and they they've been pretty close. Like you know, can you say, oh, this is exactly what's going to happen? No, but they've been pretty close a lot. So, yeah, you got to take them somewhat seriously. But doesn't it seem, I was pretty depressed after our last show last week because I kind of talked my way into uh, that depression, seeing that the Cubs really don't have a whole lot of options except for trading good players for the future and don't really have money for more than, like, two decent players to fill four holes on the team, you know what I mean? So it's like, um, you know, you're looking at this squad and you're like, well, everybody else is going to be the same. I guess you can win the central and try to like catch lightning at the end. And I think that seems to be the plan if they don't make moves, but it seems like all things are kind of holding steady. But, you know, I look at this Chris Bryant number and I'm like, well, less homers than Rizzo, Baez, and Schwarber projected. Um, an OPS right at Schwarber and below Rizzo's, uh, yet somehow a, a, a higher war, a lower WRC plus than uh, Rizzo. And, you know, why don't I, I'm underwhelmed by that Chris Bryant prediction. They haven't been 150 games, too, which I don't believe happens either. Uh, it's when I look at it, those numbers, I mean, he's had two really tough seasons with injuries. You know, I don't know. You know, if he's fully healthy, how, you know, are they reflecting the fact that he's been injured the last couple of years in those numbers or what? You know, there's a lot that goes into it. And I'm not saying they're not accurate. I'm just saying that take it for a grain of salt with that. You know, you're making a lot of predictions and, and there's a lot that goes into a season and whether they, they pan out or not is a different thing. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, the, you know, you just look at this and uh, I don't know. I, I'm pretty underwhelmed by the entire. I mean, there's you don't have a six win player, you know, in the offense, which uh, I get. Wasn't Brian a six win player one year? I believe he was. Was that his MVP year? Might have been. But um, anyway, like, you know, Rizzo's going to be so- – I mean, you've got a solid team that's, you know, just – they're not getting old at all either. They're right in their prime situation. But, you know, you got to think that, you know, Rizzo's ankle at the end of the year looked pretty fucking bad. So, like, now he's going to be – what is he, your leadoff hitter with some busted-ass ankle busting it up the line? You know what I mean? That's what – you don't have a leadoff hitter still. And then you look at, like, Bryant. He's been injured the last few years, so, like, you know, those add up too. You know what I mean? It's like, well, maybe he's just, you know, kind of an injured guy who never will – who will always have this nagging bullshit that holds him back slightly, you know? I don't know. It, you got to maybe dislodge something because the commodities will just be more the same, which is basically a 500 baseball team. I'm talking myself into depression again. Oh no! Yeah, right. stop. I mean, I think I think they've you know they didn't make as far as the team is concerned. You know, you had a lot of bad injury luck last year. Just the entire damn team, they were just never healthy. I think there was one game coming into September when it looked like everybody, Kimbrel, Baez, Bryant, everybody was going to be playing, and that's the day that they diagnosed uh, Javi's thumb fracture. It just never never came together, never gelled. It started with a bad bullpen coming out of it and just a lot of guys injured, a lot of problems, and they never got over it. The year before, I mean, that was still a 90-win team that had that bizarre uh, rainout schedule where they had – play like 40 games in 41 days and fly into a hurricane it was just a weird weird ass season in 2018 but again other teams have passed you by and you're not doing anything to address that is the other issue yeah and um yeah well but the other teams are passing you by but only you were so good and you still have good players but now we're just all the same you know is how it feels to me so no, it, you know, and it seems like there's always like one or two teams that really go for it. Like people are saying the Angels now are going to, you know, spend all the money on Cole and, you know. Well, put, yeah, Cole says that he wants to go there. and They got Madden, obviously. So now they're just going to set it up for, for, it, for, uh, I was going to call like him the Grandpa Angels Joe. would be afraid of going with that 10 year deal after the <laughs> awesome Albert Pujols deal they did. Yeah. Um, so there is a little bit of positive news uh, to uh, go off uh, the steamer projections. Meet you know, bleh news. You're right. It, this show is boring, Michael. I told you, yeah, man. Like, this is all garbage material. It's the only thing that's coming out of this is, you know, just our awesome jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the only it's way really to get this it. fucking information because it's all boring as shit. Yeah. Well, we, we, I'm running out of steam with those steamer projections here. <laughs> and but uh, um, see, see, you know, and I almost joke. said something about it, but I I didn't want to go back to it because I <laughs> as soon as I said it, I felt bad about it. I, I looked at it, and when I saw the ex Cubs minor league free agents, I mean that that, that that that's a list right there. <laughs> oh yeah, you don't want to talk about ours, Mendy Alcatra. <laughs> or John Andrioli. Uh, well, I, I could, I'm a little hungry. We had a lot of fun first... with Don Roach. Jen Ho Sing. Yeah. Minor league back. pitcher of the year one year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the fat lady sang on his uh, Cubs career. That's for sure. I, I've watched a couple of Jen Ho Sang starts at Wrigley, and I was like, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there's some Rob, rough stuff. 
Rob Zestrizny, who got called up 12 times and never pitched a single yeah, one. Robbie Z. Um, but no, uh, but here's some good news. And and if you think about it, I know we're saying that the, you know, the Cubs aren't really, you know, they've got nothing happening from below and the farm sucks and all this stuff. But if you think about it, you know, there's a couple of dudes down there that could be a big help next year. And, um, you know, so they have been developing some pitchers, uh, you know, getting guys ready. Rowan Wick, I think surprised everybody last year. I think he started getting more trust in the bullpen. Kyle Ryan, you know, maybe a shaky start, but, you know, kind of like righted the ship seemed to be like somebody could who could have some use. And um, Alec Mills, you know, uh, both his starts, although not long, were good. You know, so th- these are all possibilities for next year. So in that vein of guys that might be able to help the team, uh, Todd Johnson over at Cubs Insider and Brian Smith over at Bleacher Nation they had a couple of names, uh, just, and I'm not, I don't want to talk about it because I don't know anything about them. Um, Ty- Tyson Miller, Riley Thompson, and Cole Franklin might be worth looking up. And from what I saw, they all had like pretty wicked curveballs, but didn't none of them threw very hard. So like, they're all working in like the low to mid nineties, and they're trying to get them stronger and up to like ninety six. One guy, one of the guys, I forget which one, might be a starter. So what I'm saying is there might be a little hope in the vein of Wick, Ryan, and Mills. I know we heard about them drafting a bunch of pitchers in 2018. Remember that? Yep. Well, maybe maybe there's some there maybe there's hope. Maybe we don't know who they are. Well, maybe I just told you who that they might be. Um but I don't know, it might not be all that bad. So it's just a little bit of good news. Like that all these guys that pay attention to it, um, they seem to be encouraged. So you know, look I, like for I said, that. I've spent a lot of I spent a lot of time uh going through San Diego's uh roster. If any other relievers have the last name W we can borrow from, but uh you know, it's this pitch lab that the Cubs have going that kind of is taking some of these guys and really kind of uh, changing things up for them a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see if they can come up with more guys like that, guys that you didn't expect to do anything like, you know, Wick and Week and uh, Ryan, those type of guys. And whatever they're doing there, maybe something's working. I don't know. Well, if that can happen and you have enough, you know, good young arms that they're developing to fill out, the bullpen, uh, you know, to obviously support Kimbrel at the end of it, who you hope is going to, you know, come out and be the best he could be. Um, you know, you you might get there because you have Week and Wick, um, Ryan Mills. I mean, I, and I don't know what level of trust we all have in these guys yet, right? I don't think maybe the Cubs, in many respects, they're all unproven commodities. We haven't seen them that much. But it, it just seems like maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel with being able to develop at least some arms. And, um, you know, then you got the starters, like obviously Marquez and we saw Alzali last year, who's had trouble staying healthy, but, um, you know, I'm slightly optimistic, cautiously optimistic to say that, um, it might be okay guys. (laughs) Um, well, what I'm going to say is that in my cautious optimism, uh, they should all be good and ready to go 2022. Right after everybody is left in free agency. 
and there's a strike. Well, you know, <laughs> and there's a strike. I was trying to be positive. Yes. You know, <laughs> no, but 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 back to what us. Sahad of Sharma had a really interesting article about the pitch lab uh, that in the athletic and, you know, guys like Kyle Ryan and those guys, they've all really kind of said it's made a big difference. I, you know, use they're using a lot of the stuff. I don't know if you guys remember when we were looking for the pitching consultant to go through everything that was kind of using a lot of the stuff that Kyle body was using there from driveline. And Ooh. he ended up going to Cincinnati. Yeah. Because uh, he eventually. knows because their pitching is ridiculous. Right. Well, and also because they allowed him to do to work with other players in the off season, where I don't think the Cubs would have allowed him that amount of leniency. Uh, so there, but whatever's happening in that pitch lab and some of the technology, I think the Cubs need to get back in front of that. I think somehow, somewhere along the way, they've lost a little bit of that, and I think they they've recognized that, and so they're just doing a lot of stuff as far as analyzing spin rates and 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 doing things like that that could eventually, you know, hopefully help the team out. What we really need is is that's what's killing this team is just no young waves of talent, especially from the pitching as far as a starter or a bullpen. I mean, if you can develop a one, even one starter, it would just help so much. Oh, it really would. Cause that's what you need right now. And you're like, well, I guess we're going to have to spend half the money they have on one guy that will be just average. It would be great if like, you know, somebody like this Riley Thompson was coming up, you know what I mean? You were excited about seeing him. I mean, look what a uh, Flaherty, has done the last couple of years for the Cardinals. Like, it would be nice to have Jack Flaherty just come out of AAA and just start freaking dealing. And and that's how you're able to pay those core players like Bryant and those and Baez and those kind of things is because the younger guys are going to you get them on the cheap instead of having to pay three hundred million dollars for uh, Garrett Cole. I think you might see Alec Mills get a shot at this fifth starter spot this year. Maybe maybe even Alzali. I don't know. Maybe they will just do it that way and just try it. I don't know. It doesn't seem like the best idea. <laughs> but I'd rather have Garrett Cole, but that's all your buddy. Right. Um, and, and, and that's just like, like Michael said, that contract, how you figure that out, I don't know. Yeah, if he really wants that much, I don't know how you figure that out. But it's not that they don't have the money. These owners could totally do it if they wanted yeah they could um so then uh yeah there are a bunch of minor league free agents which i was talking to you know you know full count tommy on twitter yeah i was talking to him a little bit about it because i was making fun of people that care about this (laughs) because it's like oh minor league free agents you know and then I and he's like, no, it's the best time because that's when you get that diamond in the rough. And I was like, oh, good point. And I'm like, uh, but I don't want to look and look up all these names. There's a 200 names. You know, there's 10, 20 from each team. And so you got to deal with well, how many is that? That's if there's 20 from each team and then 30 teams, 30 teams, 600, 600. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to look up 600 fucking guys to, you know, and, and uh, you know, whether I think their BABIP will improve next year. Um, No, I'm not. But uh, <laughs> but uh, a couple, you know, Taylor Davis and they were talking. It, I just thought I'd throw out a couple of names that obviously that Cubs fans may care about. But Taylor Davis they're talking about making him a coach or something too, like a catcher coach. So, but it, oh, he's a free agent. He'd but he's be a free working agent. on PR. <laughs> and Having then everybody find out which camera is on. 
Yeah, they're like, you be the coach, the quality assurance coach of camera shots. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, the, do you remember Eric Leal? Uh, I don't think he ever came up, but he pitched a no-hitter. Something like double A, single A, something like that. Anyway, he's the free agent. And then um, Alan Webster, who had a uh, cup of coffee with the Cubs. And I, he was bad, right? Or decent something? I don't remember. Do we, did we like Alan Webster? I didn't. It was kind of a meh. One of those things that he was having one of those starts, and you just kind of he didn't he didn't absolutely get bombarded, so it was all right. Yeah, he he was. A, I did, I was just surprised he wasn't a three foot tall black child. <laughs> it's a, four four point one er uh, era. No wait, no, that's four point nine one. <laughs> Sorry, and uh, that makes a big difference. And um, <laughs> he was in Arizona. For the Arizona Fall League, so they, he was with Tennessee last year and Iowa, and had a cup of coffee with us, but only in eleven games. I don't know. See, yeah, kind of met-ish. Got hurt. So, yeah. So anyway, those are just some names that pro- probably they might be gone. So you know, I won't go into the Giascar Amayas and Dixon Machados of the free agent world, but there's some ex Cubs on the list that were picked up with other teams. And, uh, you know, maybe they pick up one of these guys, uh, Jen Hotsang, who we mentioned, and Rob Zister, you have Matt Caesar on the list. Uh. So maybe he could be like that quality assurance outfield coach. <laughs> um, Justin Grimm. I mean. Uh, Look mm. at uh, Ricky Nolasco. I mean, that's a, that's a blast from the past. 36 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Well, I mean, he probably knows enough Pearl Jam lyrics to have Theo interested. Um. So anyway, th- there might be a a couple. Of, I mean, I haven't heard anything. They haven't signed any of these people, right? Brandon Geyer is on the list. And now it's time for another interruption from our sponsor. Because you're not a Patreon supporter. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. It's a dollar a month. Just do it. So here is an ad for Manscaped. Um, hey, it's Danny Rocket. And uh, Cubs Radams couldn't be here today. Uh. Because uh, unfortunately, uh, he uh, lost his. I gave him all the manscaping stuff that came, and he he lost it, and so he went back to shaving his balls with a with a rock. So um, he's actually in the hospital because uh, let's just put it uh, this way: uh, the stone hurt his stones. You know what I mean? So don't be that guy and shave your balls with a rock. Uh, there's manscaped. And they have a redesigned electrical trimmer called the Lawnmower 2.0. And it's got skin-safe technology. So if Cubstradamus said, use this, we wouldn't have these problems. So the trimmer is not going to nick, and it's not going to snag your nuts. You know, So all your accidents uh, down there are going to be a thing of the past. And um, there's no, you know, I know a lot of people use the same, like, you know, uh, trimmer on their face that they do on their balls. But that's just nasty. Think about it. Face, balls, I, I mean, come on. I mean, maybe sometimes if you're into that kind of thing, but uh, not when you're trying to manscape yourself. So uh, Manscaped also has a pro- crop preserver, and it's an anti-ball chafing deodorant if your balls smell, and it also moisturizes your nuts. So, and, uh, you know, you put deodorant on your armpits, you know, why would you put it on your balls? You know what I mean? So uh, get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code armchair. 
A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R at manscaped.com. Um, just use the right tools for the job, you know? Your balls will thank you. So get that 20% off and free shipping with the Como, Como Pro. I always do that. Armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping. Manscaped.com. Use promo card ar- armchair. Como Pro. <laughs> oh, what the hell? Back to the Sun Ranto show. So um, anyway, uh, Jet Bandy, that, uh, that catcher that was with uh, Milwaukee, Remember him? The only thing I remember about him is that uh, the the little known fact that his father is the guy that taught Tom Cruise how to flip uh, cocktail bottles around or liquor bottles around uh, so he could do the movie Cocktail. Oh, Jet see, now Bandy's I thought for father. sure you were gonna. It was gonna be a Top Gun reference with Jet Bandy. No, no, Ooh. no. His father, a famous bottle flipping bartender. <laughs> so. But there's a bunch of names out there. Like, here's the guys that are out there. Al, Al Yellen from Bleed Cubby Blue thought these guys were interesting. Terrence Gore out there. Greg Holland out there. I don't think Terrence Gore is interesting. I'm sorry. The dude's fast as hell. That's about it. I'm not interested in, in Terrence Gore at all. Well, I think with the added roster spots this year, that's what a lot of people are kind of looking at a little bit is saying, okay, well, what, what are you going to use? Those? I mean, clearly you're going to get some more – uh, bullpen arms and stuff like that, but no, is there third catcher? Yep, third catcher, third catcher. Third catcher. But 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 a lot of times, you know that that those when I watched uh, when I watched him run, I've I've never seen anybody as fast as I saw Terrence score. How how quick he could steal a base! It was just unbelievable. And when you have those games at Wrigley where the wind is howling in, and you just need to somehow get a guy in scoring position and get a hit, man, that guy was something else. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he was hit, crazy though. fast. I didn't understand why he didn't just steal every base. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have him as a pinch runner, but like, it would be nice if you could have somebody that fast that could also like hit the ball at all. Right, he really because could've. he can't get on base. Right, but but if unless you hit- you're going to take a player out of the game, if he could hit the ball and run that fast, he'd be making a hell of a lot of money and not sitting on the. Free agent, minor league list. Well, these, th- this is what I'm saying. These are minor league free agents. And the cool thing about that, of course, is that, you know, you can pick up uh, freaking Jet Bandy as Me? your fifth catcher or fourth catcher yeah. and throw him in the minors. And so that it, all these guys can be helpful. You're, you're going to have some injuries throughout the year. You're going to, if you get jet bandy, he's probably going to come up and catch like one or two games, you know, at some point, was, you know, we saw, you see that every year, those guys that just kind of get stashed in the minors, come up for a little bit, end up on a different team at the end of the year. Usually Trevor Rosenthal's talking about blast from the past. He's on this list. Greg Holland, you know, so there are interesting things you can do. They did that in 2016. Remember when they got, who did they get that was in the, M- Matt Merton came back. <laughs> As oh, yeah. Outfield I, minor league depth. He, and didn't he end the season as a coach at AAA? Yeah. <laughs> he ended up going from the field to the bench. Thunder Matt Merton. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think they still have like player coaches in the minors. You know, I think that's what they might be thinking of for, you know, somebody like, um, uh, God, why am I not? Do the Cubs it? still employ Manny Ramirez somewhere in the yeah, organization? Because he, did he play? No, he just coached, right? Mm-hmm. No, he just coached. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Taylor Davis, like, that's what, I, uh, that's, what uh, that's maybe what they're going to do with him. Because he's not going to, you know, make it at this point. 
No. No, he's not. not. And they don't even want him to be that third, fourth guy. Like they would. Yeah, well, it's not. it's yeah. It was you know, sad when they kept bringing up everybody except for him toward the end of the year. You know, I think that uh, that 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 grand slam that he had was it against St. Louis? Yeah, that was, was something else, man. Yeah, let him go out on that high note. But that should be probably his. That was that his lasted. No, it probably wasn't. He did. Did take some innings, I believe, and played a little bit in September, right? Yes. Yeah. So, or no, they get they let him go. Yeah, they let him go no, because he, he played after that home run. He he hit after that home run. Oh, yeah. I don't think he came up in September. He was no, done. but that game he played after, like not later in the season, did he? I just remember they kept bringing up other guys instead of him. Uh, all I know is that Taylor Davis is still not the number one hit on Google. It's a violinist <laughs> named Taylor Davis who is better at violin than Taylor Davis is at baseball. And that's not a slight on Taylor Davis. It's just that the other Taylor Davis is really, really fucking good at violin. So one career homer. Um, it was that grand slam. Four, yeah, he's getting those were his only RBI on the year, too. It was four <laughs> RBI <laughs> OPS plus a 49. Um, I'm looking up his game logs here. I'm trying to see. Uh, sorry, my shit's running slow. Um, I mean, the funny thing about it is he's always going to be remembered more for his staring into the camera than anything sure, he ever did sure. on the ball field. Yeah, he yeah. he did have three more games after that, and he played as late as August in a game. That's right. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, but he was not up in September. It was because of uh, the Contreras injury. He was up. So, um, <clears throat> so there might be a little bit of movement. You got the GM thing going on. They're all meeting and colluding, and then you've got these minor leaguers out there. So, I think it would be interesting to see how they shore up the fringes of this team. And we might have something to talk about next week that is <laughs> slightly less boring. <laughs> Because instead of pontificating on what might happen that is not that interesting, we will talk we'll talk about solid non-interesting things that are happening for the team. Like uh how about this? Uh, the bullshit story that season ticket prices next year are dropping. And I don't know how they pulled the wool over every blogger in Club Cubs bloggerdom's eyes to get them to write a headline that says the prices are down. It's just that there's more March April games and it's all fucking bronze games. And so technically you pay less money next year, but the games are shit and they're not worth as much. Right. So in the way that it works is that the Cubs have like five different tiers of pricing. And so if you want to go to like a super fan, you know, opening day or, or Cubs Cardinals in July, you are paying uh, through the nose on premium prices. Diamond level. Diamond. Yeah, I was going to ask, what's the highest? Is it diamond or is it platinum? Diamond. Which is the highest game? I thought it was diamond. Diamond. Okay. It is diamond. diamond. I can confirm. It's the hardest game to get to. <laughs> Yeah. And and the and the bronze tickets are, are really cheap. Those are your April at Wednesday and one o'clock. You know what I mean? It's like twelve bucks for upper deck, a f- like a five hundred level seat, or four hundred now. Right. So I mean that that that's kind of where it comes from. Is it, it just you know I, I was looking at the schedule and it just it's funky. You know they have the trip out to uh, London, which will take away like a lot of uh, June games. 
for the Cubs. They're just going to be kind of over the pond there a real bit. But uh, no, oh no, the London games are uh, Cardinals home games, right? But they're but what I'm saying is is that they're just there's they're not going to be in Wrigley a lot in June, just oh. in general. Yeah, and they're they're a bunch in April, which oh my god. I mean, it's a pretty rainy month. June is actually the rainiest, or, or you get the most rainfall. I won't say it's rains. Maybe it rains harder, but April is can be pretty rainy and cold and snowy. So I'm expecting rainouts, cold outs, snow outs. I don't know. You could get lucky. I mean, it's already fucking snowing. It's not even Thanksgiving, and there's <laughs> goddamn six inches of snow on the ground. Yeah, because it's you know the. The climate change is that it's going to be winter until February, and then it's going to be spring. So they're going to be a month into spring before they start these games, and yeah. it'll be a good thing, right? No, it'll actually be warm. No, it's cold. No, it it's be. cold till July. I know. <laughs> so, and I just don't know how they got all those bloggers to write that. How did they pull that out and let them be like, "Oh, the Ricketts lowered prices." They did not. In fact, they raised them. Did you see that part of the story, Crawley? They for the uh, individual tickets yeah. for people that are not on the season ticket plan. Yeah. So I guess that I think that they're trying to buy off season ticket holders to continue to keep their tickets because they're like, you're gonna want to keep these tickets because we're gonna raise them for everybody else. I don't know about you, but I've been seeing a lot of people getting their numbers called on Twitter and other social media that is like, oh, I finally got called. I thought I was like 10,000th on the list, you know? And so they have this list. Uh, true story. I was uh, in 2004. The fifth person behind me was number one on the season ticket holder waiting list. I was one of the last ones to get in. And uh, but but they have this huge list. But you got to remember when they call you and they say, OK, here's what it costs. A lot of people are like, yeah, fuck that. I, I put my name on that 10 years ago. I'm not interested anymore. So a lot of these numbers are being called. I mean, the list is still pretty long, but but I'm seeing more and more people kind of saying like, yeah, I'm, I got I got called. I'm trying to find somebody to partner up with. So uh, the demand's not what it once was. Yeah. My story is that uh, between the 2014 and 2015 is when my number came up. Ooh. And and yeah. and you didn't uh, you didn't take it right, but no, because I lived in Colorado right. and I had actually gotten on the list in two thousand six or seven, and I finally got called uh, between twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen, and I lived a thousand miles away. So yeah, a lot of people do too. There's and you know here's the thing: the Cubs price their tickets so high anyway. So to say that they're you know the the tickets are technically cheaper, you're still paying like what like four grand ish for a ble one bleacher seat for eighty one games. That's a lot of money. I mean, where's that 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 comes down to like fifty bucks a game? You know, most of the games are worth twenty bucks to get into the bleachers. You know what I mean? In those April games, $10 will get you into the bleachers. So you're taking a pretty significant hit. You take the entire freaking, um, no, you take the entire uh, risk for your ticket. You know, I mean, I just, I hate the fact that, I, I just hate to drum this in, but like, how the fuck did the Cubs get people to write that they were lowering <laughs> ticket prices? It makes me crazy. It made me crazy that day. And I was like, all my friends are writing this headline. Evan Altman, like, hey, comes to lower ticket price. No, he didn't. 
I mean, yelling at technically, everybody. the ticket prices are lower. Right, it, it's on a technicality. Basically, you're, yeah. pay, you're you're just you're just getting more shitty games. It's all it's all the yeah. thing that really happened. Yeah. It wasn't that they lowered them so that you could have a cheaper experience and afford to bring the family. It's just just the way that the schedule flied, and then then that's you know, as a season ticket holder, it was the first time in a long time that my prices actually dropped a bit. So yeah, I think right. that's how the, that's how you're looking at it. What, is, what do you? What was the price drop? It wasn't anything anything consequent. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Well, you're also up 25 percent in the last five years. Oh, probably more than that. I would say. Yeah. So they yeah. they raised you, you know, like up 25 percent. They're like, oh, two percent off. Right. <laughs> I'm just I'm just used to them holding me by my ankles and shaking me for every cent I exactly. got. The fact that it was a little bit lower was just like, uh, just, like I said, I think it's the first time since like 2013 or 2012 or something like that that I didn't have to pay more. Yeah, well, it you know, I used to go for a lot cheaper, and you know, I now I only go when it's kind of cheap because I, you know, I'm the with what prices are even face value tickets at you know fifty bucks to sit in the rain is just not it's it's not my bag no more. Like, what can I say? Like, um, I've I've done it. You know, I'll still do it sometimes. But I, how about I'll do eight dollars in the rain? How do you well, like you know, that? You, I, I'm you, out there in the rain for eight bucks, no problem. Fifty dollars, not doing it. But I mean, you're in. You are one of those people that you know. It's glorious for you because you live so close to the ballpark. Yeah, I just play it. Right. Yeah. So you can just play the game any way you want. If if you're out like you know me in the burbs and you got to do a forty forty five minute drive, you just yeah. You're looking it, at the weather map on your way in. You're like, I hope this blows to the west. Right. So it, it's it's for for people that don't live that close to Wrigley. I mean, you got to kind of you can't just yeah, kind of play me, it around there. Me, who it's a it's a vacation. <laughs> You know, you go into the game, and you're the only one sitting there in the pouring rain because you're just like a fucking game a thousand miles, and I won't be able to come tomorrow. Do you know what I I love? Because I, I like when uh, when people are sad. Like I have that shot in Freud a thing. You know what I mean? Like when I see people get like mad and miserable, like kind of brings me joy if if I don't like the looks of them. You know. So anyway, like I love it when there's like uh, a big weekend series. And let's say, like, you know, the Dodgers are in town. And fuck Dodgers fans, you know what I mean? So, like, Dodgers will come in for the weekend series. It rains all weekend. One of the games get canceled, and they're all fucking pissed off because the game got canceled there, you know. And they they can't use their ticket anymore, and they they got drunk, and they're just angry going around Wrigley Field. I don't know. I love those moments. I'll never forget this when it was uh, 2017 after they won the World Series. They had these phenomenal bobbleheads. I mean – that they were given away and, and there was the final out bobblehead. It was Bryant and Rizzo with their arms in the air with a big W behind them. And people literally flew in to get this damn bobblehead. It was a Sunday versus the Brewers and Saturday they got the game in, but the, I mean, the field was just absolutely soaked and it was still raining the next day, Sunday when uh, they called the game a minute before they were supposed to open the gates. So at like 11, 19, they come to open the gates and everyone's jacked up and, they just said, guys, it's closed. Sorry, it's raining out. And they just closed the gates, and we were all just sitting there. And Yeah, and nobody got bobbleheads that day. They And you know what I did, though, at that at that game? Uh, because we were the first. To, I was standing there in the rain, too, to get that bobblehead and that I didn't get. But I, as soon as they announced that it was closed down, the tickets remained for sale on StubHub at, like, $7 a piece. <laughs> And I was like, this game's going to be moved. It's going to be in the middle of July. And I 
picked up all these $7 tickets and then sold them at a massive profit. So I actually had a good day that day (laughs) financially. And And what was better is that all those people were sad, right, Danny? And the people were sad (laughs) and angry. And I was like, yeah, baby. It makes uh, me feel something deep down in my loins. <laughs> your, in sad- my your sadness is is giving me giving me life. So, um, all right, I guess that's the show. I mean, do you have any TFCs? I did want to say that uh, the unconventional is also going to be on the 18th of uh, January, right during Cubs convention at G Man Tavern. And uh, Bleacher Bum Bands are, is going to play, and we're going to try to raise a little bit of money for us. Um, to make this record, we're in the middle of making the record, and it sounds awesome, and it cut co- and it costs us time and money. So we need to get a little bit. So I don't know, like ten bucks to get in. I'm not so- talking about a lot of money, but we need a little money. So uh, mark that on your calendars. We'll be going uh, white elephant gifts, uh, and we'll be doing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, probably a, a live podcast that night. I think that'd be a good idea. And um, anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. Put on your calendars. Don't go to Cubs convention. Come and see our shit. We'll have more fun. So do you have any TFC action? Uh, I have one. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Go go ahead. (laughs) Everybody shut up quickly. Like, oh, my God. We're excited to hear about this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to give a shout out to the blonde wonk for her uh, license plate. She lives in Ohio. She bought the Cleveland Indians uh, license plate for her car, and it says Ubs win in seven, but it also has the Cleveland C right before. So Cubs win in seven on her license plate. It's amazing. Oh, that's her license plate? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was on Bleacher Report. It was all over the place, man. That's wow. her license plate. Killing it. And, and it says Cubs win in seven right underneath. Cleveland Indians <laughs> oh, says beautiful. it right on the thing, and that is that's that's Hall of Fame TFC right there. That's Love a, it. that's a great level driving around Ohio with that thing. My only concern, I hope no one throws like a rocket or window or something. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. You don't want. <laughs> I had this car that was completely multicolored. Like I I bought this eighty five Dodge Aries K car, and I stripped it of its paint. And then I spray painted it like rainbows and I put like uh, like bullhorns on the front, a big heart. And like it was crazy looking. And um, I got pulled over all the time. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like because everybody's like, oh, that guy's on drugs. He's <laughs> so, high. Yeah, he's high. So they pulled me over and searched my car. Like, you know how many times I got fucking torn out of that car in New York and frisked? <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah, that's why I got rid of the car. Well, actually, it broke down right in front of Newark Airport. And I just left it there on the side of the fucking road. <laughs> I paid a guy $100 to take it away. I'm like, I never want to see this thing again. He's like, take the plates. And I just threw them in the garbage at the airport because I had a plane to catch. So um, that's what happened to that car. And I hope that doesn't happen to Blonde Wong's car. <laughs> that would be terrible. <laughs> so I have one. Um, this is kind of, I don't even know this guy. Sober Finway. Oh, no, I do. It's, it's Rizzo Sober. Do you know that? that twitter follow i don't know if they're a good twitter follow but no i i don't but generally the good twitter follows would be something drunk yeah there's drunk rizzo and there's rizzo sober anyway he says 
uh, or I assume it's a he, uh, Ken Rosenthal is a tool. He blocked me two years ago when I called him out for saying biased things against Cubs and Red Sox. He's an awful commentator with an uber Napoleon complex. Anyone <laughs> who has to wear a pretentious dandy ass bow tie just to create a personality is pretty pathetic. It's like, wow. wow. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's a nice little rant. I will say I kind of hate seeing him. He looks like the Baseball Pee Wee Herman. Like he he totally looks like Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> but but not nearly as fun. Well, he breaks news. So <laughs> <laughs> like like his bike's stolen. Or he's at a yeah. big top or something. I don't know. Yeah, do you have anything, Crawley? Well, uh, as you know, this is hot stove season, and you do have the fake Ken Rosenthal accounts that come across. Oh, yeah, I love them. But uh, there's a there's a Twitter account at Ken Rosenpenis. And, uh, <laughs> Ken Rosen- You're done. You're done. That's it. Ken Rosendong. And, and so he just said, you know, he doesn't tweet very often, but he did tweet six hours ago. He said, beware the fake accounts. Please follow this account for the real Ken Rosenpenis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna follow Ken Rosenpenis right now. This uh, this hot you know, stove is not is is not gonna be good without Ken Rosenpenis in my life. Uh, the other one I had was Len Casper. You know, obviously we all love Lenny, and 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 he kind of has this weird fetish about uniform colors. Yeah, and uh, he was going on uh, yesterday, or it was yes a little bit long. It was a little, on the on, oh, was he talking about uh, Manny's penis in that picture? No, he was talking about the all those. <laughs> he was talking about the Eagles color scheme. So oh, you know, they, not even baseball. No, football. So he you know, he's big into the jersey thing and, and the color combos. And he said, Don't like the Eagles color scheme. Dark green and black, not a pleasing combo. Extremely partial to old Kelly Green silver combo. In fact, black would work better with the lighter green. On high midfield camera, you can't even see difference in colors in this current look. And some guy named John Kahn, JJAK60, said, really, this is the topic you want to put out there right after this horrific loss. And Ken, you know, luckily Lenny just said, I tweeted it about two minutes into the game, but take your anger out on me. I'm here for you. So somebody didn't like uh, Len Casper's <laughs> tweets on uniform colors after a loss. He, he is a little OCD about the uniforms. I mean, it. you know, Pat Hughes just... You know, he describes the black socks and the white shoes and all that stuff. But, um, but right, but but he's paid to do it by Glidden Paints or wherever. The yeah, fuck yeah, he's got a sponsor. I mean, Glenn Casper's doing this in his spare time. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see, you don't, you don't go up to Pat Hughes and he's just like, hey, nice gray sweater, pink hat, and <laughs> yellow sneakers. Yeah. Boy, I wish I had all that stuff. I'd look like a clown. No, uh, I was actually talking, though. I thought you were going to bring up the Padres. They they revealed, look, we look like we did in the 90s. Yeah, look, we're brown still. Yeah, we're brown again. (laughs) And then they had the pinstripes, but uh, Manny Machado, I think, was on the thing. And his picture of the full uniform has what looks to be like a John Holmes level member really? in the in the left side of his pants. Really? Oh God! And 
it really looks like it could just be a fold in the pants. But yeah, everybody was going off like, wow, those pinstripes really make Manny Machado look like he has a giant penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know. You know, yeah. only the guys on his team know. And on the Orioles, they know. And the minor Well, I think guys, everybody know. knows yeah. now. Oh, man. It's the brown. They always say wear brown pants make your dick look bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Is that what I've been doing wrong all these years? In fact, I'm looking at this. There's like a video here. Is that Machado on the right? I can't tell. Let me see. Well, it's finally here. Tonight is the night that the Padres unveil their new brown uniforms and their new (laughs) brown colors. They've been brown for years. Oh, God. I can't can't sit through this video. Sorry. I'm going to check out Manny Machado's package later. (laughs) But uh, that's our show. And um, I bid you all. uh, We'll talk to you next week. It's a a Spagaga time. Uh, Spagaga. You said spagagatama? Spagagatama. Charlie Brown's teacher. My Thai guy, my Thai guy, steals the ball, children cry. Walk off Homer from Schwarber was wild. Then my tie stole a ball from a child. He was very happy till he saw his Twitter feed. My tie guy, my tie guy. Twitter's pissed, don't reply You reached over into the basket Elbowed out those bratty little kids Now you're taking the heat Jerks yell at you on the street my tie guy, my tie guy, dumb frat boys wanna fight, but he doesn't deserve it at all. He already gave those kids a ball. Leave poor my tie in The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 